Hi, it's Kyle here. Remember me? Remember me? Yeah, I'm the guy that used to do a lot of podcasting. I have over a hundred episodes, and I don't know why it takes me so long in between episodes. I have every intention of putting these things out weekly. I, that's not true. I want to put them out weekly. I don't have every intention of putting them out weekly, but wouldn't that be great? And I could totally do that. What I want to do is transition to more like interview, like story time with, with different dirt bikers. That's what I want to do. And I've got a couple of guys that I'm like, oh, I need to get these people on the podcast. But I think that would be super cool uh, to do. Hey, if you want to support what we're doing here, the best way to do it is to use my links for Rocky Mountain ATV. You can find them over on dirtbikechannel.com or in the description of this podcast. And uh, yeah, you just click on the links and then you, uh, from my page, and then you buy anything that Rocky Mountain ATV sells. They are the best in the business. You can't beat the price. You can't beat the selection. And anytime I've needed customer service issues, like it's usually on a sizing thing, I could send it back and I've gotten really, really good uh, support for them. So use my links to Rocky Mountain ATV. That's what I'm, that's what I'm telling you. They're the best. Uh, we're going to talk about TBI motors in this podcast. So for those of you that don't know, TBI stands for throttle body injection. This is the, uh, the technology that KTM has, has uh, got on their bikes right now. It's essentially, we're talking about two-stroke motors. I look at the TBI as the second generation of fuel-injected two-strokes on the modern dirt bikes. So as you know, a little history lesson. Um, back in around 2018, KTM introduced their TPI, throttle or transfer port injection, for uh, their <clears throat> for their motorcycles, and they they rolled it out in 2018 and 2019, and we've been using that on all the big bore two strokes ever since, really. And uh, I kind of always not kind of always what I realized over the years is that with these TPI motors, transfer port injection motors, there was some tuning required, so it wasn't some of the bikes ran perfect right out of the gate, and others didn't. A lot of the bikes had some hanging idle issues. They were they ran very lean, which is what I'm talking about is a lean fueled air mix. Mix. I was going to say mixture. A lean fueled air mixture. Uh, a lot of air, not a lot of fuel is what I'm talking about. And so that had some, like the bikes ran pretty well, but some of them were a little too lean. And then the hanging idle issue would happen because you would, um, the bikes would get hot and then, they would become very fuel lean. And when you have a fuel lean condition on a motor, a lot of times it'll have this hanging idle where you will drop, you know, close the throttle, but the bike will ting, 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 and the, the RPMs won't come down, at least not for a little bit. And that's annoying. It's super annoying. Hanging idle is no fun on a carburetor. It's no fun on fuel injection, whatever. So, uh, and part of the reason was because they were telling people, well, how they were, basically there were so many emissions things and things that were happening with this. But they were saying like, hey, the way to adjust your idle is by using this screw on the side of this throttle body. It wasn't really an idle screw. It was the air bypass screw. And so as you were tuning that and trying to get the idle to come up so you had a high enough idle when the bike was just regular, kind of warming up and stuff, uh, the bike had was too lean. Too much air, not enough fuel on that low RPM circuit. So yeah, the way that we could solve that was by tearing the throttle body off the freaking bike and 
um, heating up the grub screw, the idle screw that they'd actually glued in the freaking throttle body, tearing that out either by dissolving the glue or heating the glue up using a torch from the outside of the throttle body and then pulling that screw out. It's kind of a pain in the butt. And then putting in an actual idle screw in the in the bottom of that throttle body. And then you were able to adjust idle independent of that air bypass screw. And so then I would use the air bypass air bypass screw then as like kind of like an air screw similar to what you would have on a carbureted bike and I was adjusting them and getting them to kind of run how I wanted them to run off idle and kind of up as you get into the lower parts of the RPM curve or whatever. And so I was doing that and then I would adjust the power valve after that if I needed to. And so all of this took around an hour, you know, of the first time. Well, putting the idle screw in is more than an hour, especially the first time you've done it. Um, but then once you get out on the bike, then you're doing some tuning on the first couple of rides. And and I had these bikes running really, really good. I could make them run really good. I wasn't like a, I'm not a hater of the TPI system. Um, it was it was really good, especially when if you took a little bit of time to, to adjust it, right? Well, then in 2023, I guess it was the 2023 model years. They they came at least on the XC bikes and the SX bike, the SX um, 250SX. They unveiled the throttle body fuel injection, which was a different deal. So now they're injecting the fuel through the f- through the throttle body instead of the transfer ports, and it's actually good. It's really really good. And on all, on those XC bikes uh, in 23 and 24. They were premix bikes, uh, where you're premixing the fuel or premixing the oil in the fuel, and then it's just injecting it down into the throttle body uh, and and going through just like what it's almost like throwing it in just like where it is on a carburetor because on a carburetor you're injecting it you're injecting the fuel into the carburetor and injecting that's a, the wrong term but like the fuel is coming into the carburetor and then going into the intake of the bike uh, through the intake ports um, and that's what's happening with throttle body fuel injection is it's like you're putting in that throttle body there which is kind of playing the same role as what the carburetor does on a carbureted bike and it's actually been really really good and then they in addition to that they have the electronic power valve that is there instead of the older power valves that we had on all the ktm motors for all like the entire time i've been paying attention and maybe 25 30 years there was a power valve that would open up based on the RPM of the bike and these springs uh, that were in there, like giving pressure against the power valve to keep it closed. And then as the RPMs would come up, the, the power valve would open and you could use different springs or different like presets of um, tension on that by adjusting a little screw on the side of the, this power valve, a brass screw. And so you could adjust when the power valve was coming open, but it was a mechanical thing and it worked really well. But now it's an, and it's, a, it's an electronic power valve that works even better. These new motors, the TBI motors, throttle body injection motors, are the smoothest two-stroke motors I've ever seen, and they make more power than any, any two-stroke motor I've ever seen. Um, but then here's an interesting part of that, too, is because KTM then has decided to map them a lot differently uh, between the XCs and the XCWs. So then in 2024, uh, the XCW got the throttle body, fuel injection um, and it has been mapped much much differently than the XC's and at first when I was riding the W model I was like dang where's the power 
you know, because if you've been on an XC, it's like a fire breathing dragon. Now they're more powerful than ever. They're like, they run hotter than ever. Um, and if you're out in the desert, that's really, really cool. If you're in hard enduro situations or situations where there's low traction, it's not as cool because it just lights the rear tire up and it's on a frame. These 23 XCs and 24 XCs and 24 XCWs, the frame and everything has been biased more to the front wheel. And so I have a much harder time getting traction anyway to the rear wheel. And then if you talk about the XC bikes, the dang thing is so runs so hot and so aggressive, the traction can be a definite issue if you're in slick stuff, if you're in rocky, loose stuff, hill climbs and things. It it isn't has been it hasn't been as good of a hill climb bike for me, not in any way. I mean, if you can get ahead of steam on you, then yeah, that's fine. But if you have to slow down or if traction becomes an issue, then oh my gosh, then it isn't as fun. But because of the way that they have mapped these motors very differently, where the XCW model is mapped is mapped more mellow and it's mapped more for traction, that's been really, really good. They've never been, as I've been paying attention to this, you know, ever since 2012, I've I've had every model, well, not every model, but I've had every year, I've at least had one or two or three KTMs of every model year. Um, the only one that I would say I didn't have a model, have one was 2016. But at that time, because I'd had a 20, I guess I didn't have a, yeah, I, the only model year that I can think of that I didn't have one was a 2016. I had a 2015. Um, and then 16, nothing happened. And then 17, a bunch of changes happened. But there's been a lot of changes that have happened over the years that I've been paying attention to this. But typically speaking, in the past, the XC and the XCW, as far as the motor mappings, I couldn't tell any difference in the way that they were mapped. Some people would say the XC has always been a little bit hotter mapping. And maybe it has, but I couldn't tell on the bike. Like there's a difference between, I mean, when you, it's one thing for the company to say like, oh, it's mapped more aggressively on the XC than it is on the XCW. It's one thing to say that, but if I can't feel it in purpose, like I've gone back to back with these bikes a lot, 250s, 300s, you know, 125s, and I couldn't tell the difference in the mapping between the XC and XCW, but you can now. Definitely in 2024, it's a big difference in mapping, okay? So the XC is a fire-breathing dragon. Holy crap. And I've actually had my 300 XC out at the track a couple times with my son in the last month or so, and that, that's actually super fun. Um, it just has so much power and it's just like right there in your face and whatever. And so it worked, it actually has worked pretty well in motocross. Um, it hasn't worked as well in like the harder, not that I've been doing any like real hard enduro, but it's, it, it is more tricky in the mountains because the bike has so much power, so much power, those XCs. So the XCW with its softer mapping, a little bit slower revving, it has actually been really, really good in the mountains and really good in the more technical, slower stuff. As far as how the power is delivered, it's been really good. I've had, the more I ride it, the more I have liked it. And there has been no tuning required. Like I haven't had to tune any of these TBI motors. They just run amazing, run really, really good. And so some people have said, some people say to me, you know, is TBI better than a carburetor? And I say, well, better is a relative term. So let's talk about that a little bit. Like, what do we mean by better? It's definitely more TBI. The throttle body is more complex, but um, it you don't have to tune it. So with a carburetor, there are some advantages to carburetors because there's very few electronics involved on a bike that has no 
you know, but they, they do, they still do have electronics. Like we can't say that the bikes don't have any electronics, even on the carbureted bikes, because they still have those ECUs, electronic control units, um, where they are using a computer to figure out how to, you know, how to make the bike go as far as like the ignition. So it's not like if you have like a 2017 KTM that has a carburetor or something like that, or even a 2019 250XC that was carbureted, it's not like the bike doesn't have any electronics. It just has less electronics. Now you have more electronics with the throttle body, fuel injection, and the TPI, and you've got a fuel pump, which is another failure point. You know, so it, it adds some other additional failure points, but I've never had a fuel pump go out. I've never had an oil pump go out. Um on any of these bikes. I've never had a starter go out. So we do have a lot of different, like there are failure points on these motorcycles that didn't exist in the past, but also there are some advantages to it because I don't like kickstarting a bike. So I'd rather have that, that failure point of the electric start. I don't love having to tune the bikes all the time with the carburetors. It was something we were doing and I, I was okay at it. Um, but I, but I like being able to get a bike and not having to do all that with it. You know, like I got this 300 XCW hard enduro bike. It's a 24 300 XCW just a little bit ago. And most, like most of the protective parts that I would have wanted were already on the bike. I set the sag on the thing. I ran the brakes in going up and down the road here in front of my house. And essentially then it was ready to ride because it's got the fuel injection. I don't have to go out there and spend a bunch of time tuning the idle circuit and then getting the metering, you know, like the needle valve or the needle correct. And I don't have to worry about the main jet. So there's a, like, it's a super nice thing to be able to just get the bike and ride it. That's been really fun. I like that. Uh, on the, on the TPI and the TBI motors, I just, it's, especially when you're doing it with your kids too. Like I've got my kid, my son has the 2023 XC fuel injected. That's awesome. Cause I don't have to sit there and mess it, mess with it on his bike. I've had to mess with so many of their, their other bikes over the years. Like even my one son still is on a, my 13 year old is on an 85 SX. It's the big wheel model now, but I've had to spend so much time tuning all those little bikes because the carburetors, they require tuning and the smaller motors require, they're more finicky. So on these 125s and 250s and 300 two strokes that I haven't had to tune, it's been really, really nice. Like I, it's not like I'm sitting there going like, I miss the carburetor. I miss screwing around with carburetor. I don't, I don't. And I haven't had any hiccups with these bikes as far as like oil pumps or fuel pumps or any of that yet. You know, I did want, there was a 2019 300 XCW that my fuel pump uh, fuse went out <laughs> and it left me stranded in five miles of hell. And I was me and all the other guys, we were too dumb to realize that the fuse had blown. We just looked at the fuse, seemed like it looked good. We should have popped one of the spare fuses in there. Uh, but so I've had one fuse blow on a fuel pump and that sucked, but the spare was right there in the fuse block too. And I have not had one fail since. So it's been really, really good. And this I said it before the first time that I rode one of these, at least a fuel injected one, it was a TPI motor that was back in 2018. It's been a long time. That's been five, five and a half years or so. Uh, I said, then this is going to save two strokes. And I still believe that it does. If two strokes exist in 20 years from now on dirt bikes, it'll be because of fuel injection because so many people will be able to like, just have them. A lot of guys that are doing the sport, they're not like super into like turning wrenches and stuff. 
And so many people have steered away from two strokes and gone to four strokes solely because they didn't have to screw around with it and tune it. I know this is true because I talk to people about it all the time. I've had hundreds, if not thousands of conversations with people about this stuff. It's the diehards, the motorcycle purists, the carburetor purists, you know, that have been doing this for a long time. Yeah, they they're proud that they know how to tune a carburetor and they are happy with that process and they know how it works. But the people just getting into the sport, it's it's like it's a it's a barrier, it's another barrier to entry. You know, we already have enough of a barrier to entry in these machines because they're so freaking expensive anyway. And then if you tell somebody who doesn't really know anything about tuning motors, you tell them, oh, you're going to buy this super expensive toy. And then, oh, by the way, it's not going to run good. Right off the bat, you're going to have to like figure out how to tune it or pay someone else to tune it. It's just another barrier to entry that has caused a lot of people to stay out of the sport or at least to stay away from two strokes. Because they were like, I, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to make it run. So now you got KTM that comes along and says, we will solve that problem for you. All you have to do is hit the freaking starter motor, starter button, and this thing's going to be a screaming eagle. That's great. And then also, I think it's great that they have two different versions of it, where the XCW bike is a throttle body injected motor, that second generation, you know, fuel injection. But it's oil injected as well, which mean which means that you're just putting oil in a in a little reservoir. It's then mixing the oil and the fuel, which means those people can go to a pump and pump gas into that, like just pump gas right into the right into the bike. Because it's another barrier to entry. Some people don't want to mix fuel. They don't want to mix oil and fuel. It's confusing. Like I understand some of us are sitting there going, like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Like, why is mixing fuel, mixing oil and the fuel? a sticking point, but I can tell you that it is. I have had so many emails and calls with people like that are afraid or uncomfortable mixing oil in their fuel. They don't want to do it. They don't fully understand it. And I know that if anyone applied themselves, they'd be able to do it. But look, I don't even like doing it. Like I don't like having to take my ratio right measuring cup to the gas station, measure, measure oil in there, dump it in my can and then wipe out my wipe out my you know measuring cup or whatever because it's it's dirty it's messy, so it's just it is a little bit more of a pain. I understand it's not a big deal. I it's not that big of a deal to you like to you and me. Some of the people listening to this because we're like it's fun for us. Like the whole process is fun, but you got to realize there's a bunch of people who are that isn't fun for them mixing oil is not fun for some people. And it is enough of a sticking point where they're like, screw it, I'm not going to get a two-stroke. I don't want to be like mixing oil and all that stuff. I'm just going to get the four-stroke and go. Well, now you're getting some of those people back where you can say, you don't have to mix oil. Just dump a little bit in this oil reservoir. It's super easy. And then the bike will do it for you. And people are going, oh, okay, that sounds really good. You know, there are tons of people that are that are riding these bikes, these XCW oil-injected bikes solely because they don't have to mix oil in their fuel. And then KTM is smart because they also know there's this racing side, this contingency, this other contingency or other group of people that don't trust oil pumps and they want to have one less failure point and they're typically more competitive people, racers, whatever, and they're like, I'm going to put whatever oil, let me pre-mix my oil, then I don't have to worry about an oil pump going out because they've seen on the internet someone else's oil pump went out and they're convinced that it's going to happen to them. 
And if you do have an oil pump go out on one of these bikes, it's catastrophic. It's going to blow them like you're going to burn the motor down. Um, but I've never had it happen. And I've done it I've, between me and different riding buddies that I have. We've got thousands of hours on these TPI and TBI bikes and no oil pump failures. I'm not saying they don't happen because obviously they have. Some people have had oil pump failures, but for the most part, it isn't a thing. I've known people that have gone 600, five, 600 hours on these oil pumps and, and haven't had them go out. I don't recommend that. I think you should change the oil pump every time you do a top end on these bikes. So anywhere between, you know, depending on how often you're doing it, hundred hours to 200 hours, uh, you would want to be replacing that oil pump. But yeah, I think it's good that they have both. So they've got, you know, you've got your XEW that's oil injected. Um, they're all fuel injected. Now all the KTM two strokes are fuel injected above the one, the one twenty five CC and up. Um, on the XC and the XCW line. So they've got the XCW line, which is oil injected. If you can just put pump gas in the thing, I think that's great. It serves a certain contingent of people. You've got the other line, the XC line, which is the more aggressive line, the more desert racing cross country line. And that one is a premix. You're mixing your own oil in the fuel. I think these are good things. I don't, I don't have any problem with it. I think it's a, it's, these are great decisions that uh, KTM has made as far as on the oil, as far as on the motor, how it, how fuel gets in the motor, how oil gets in the motor. I'm a fan of all of that. It's a good thing. And if you have not ridden one of these, I don't, I'm not sitting here saying if, if you have a TPI bike that is running really good, I'm not sitting here saying that like, oh, you need to sell that and go to the TBI. What I'm saying to that contingent of people, that group of people is that, yo, yeah, keep your bike, keep your TPI bike. If it runs good, keep it for a year or two or however long, however long you want to, but just know the TBI bikes are really, really good. That motor is super, super good. And you and you're gonna you're gonna love it. If you've got an older bike, say like an older carbureted bike, now's the time to make the jump if you want, because TP they did learn a lot in the TPI, and they solved all of those problems with the TBI. Like it's I I don't see any motor problems that still exist, um, as far as with, with fuel injection. From from my standpoint, I feel like they solved any problem that existed. They solved it, and. TBI throttle body injected motors are amazing. And now you get to pick your poison, whether you want the XCW, you know, or, you know, Husky has the same thing and gas gas has the same thing. What I'm trying to say is you can pick a, um, oil injected version of this, or you can pick the premix version of this, depending on which line you go with Husky has it. Gas gas has it as well. Um, so yeah, you get to, you know, pick your poison on that and it's, they're amazing. They run they so you might have been able to get your carburetor bike to run like perfect one day in 1997 when the temperature was perfect and the barometric pressure was perfect and your carburetor bike might have might have run perfect on that day your tbi bike is going to run that good every damn day it just is you know you may not believe me on that maybe or maybe here's what you can believe me your carbureted bike ran 100% one time. The rest of the time, it ran around 75 to 80%. Your TBI bike is going to run at 98% every freaking time you hit it. You know, and so I'm leaving some room out there for some people to be like, well, if a carbureted bike is tuned properly, whatever, it's impossible to beat. Yeah, okay. But how often is that carbureted bike tuned perfectly? And if the temperature changes even by 10 degrees, it is not running perfectly anymore, brother. 
It ran perfectly 10 degrees ago, but it's not running perfectly now. And that's because density altitude is everything with a carburetor. And it doesn't have a way to self-meter. Well, electrons do, smart carbs do, but your typical carburetor isn't self-metering as much as a fuel injection system can. And so it's just science, man. Yeah, you might have been able to get your carburetor bike to run perfect one day, but it, it, that isn't repeatable. It isn't, it isn't really repeatable as much as these injected bikes are with how well they can run. So that is my, that is my spiel, and I'm sticking to it. Um, I've really, really enjoyed these, these TBI motors. I've enjoyed the fact that they have become fuel injected. It's a really great thing. Hey, again, if you wanted to support what we're doing here on this podcast or support Dirt Bike Channel, the videos, whatever, uh, I love Rocky Mountain ATV. Use my links. Go to dirtbikechannel.com. If you're going to place an order with Rocky Mountain ATV, do it through my links. Go to dirtbikechannel.com first or click on the link of any one of my emails or click on the link that's in the in the description of this podcast or click on the link that is in basically every YouTube video I've ever uploaded. Those, then once you click on that link, you can buy anything Rocky Mountain ATV sells, anything they sell. I have some lists of things there that you can kind of look at, some things I've used over the years. But you don't have to buy any of that stuff. You can buy anything they've got, tires, uh, gear, uh, parts, tools, anything, anything that they sell, and it gives a slight kickback to me, and that really helps because it doesn't cost you anything and it doesn't cost me anything. We'll be doing another dirt bike sweepstakes in uh, December. I'm planning on starting that on Black Friday. There's two 24 KTMs that will be given away. One's the XCW hard enduro version, and one is the XC, just standard version, uh, which is going to be awesome. So stay tuned for all of that. I really appreciate all your support. And until next time, leave a single track. <laughs>